RadioInfluence.com. The future is now. Hey, gang, welcome into the A Place for My Head podcast. He is Brandon Thompson. My name is Jerry P. Tuck. And before we get too knee deep into the weeds on uh, today's show, I want to send an apology to the Coburns. Uh, at the end of last week's show, we talked about having uh, Joshua and Sin Coburn on to talk about their books and their incredible story. And I'm going to be brutally honest with you. We had some equipment problems. Yes. And I ended up having to chill out $2,500 on a new computer last week that has given me fits ever since I got it. But once it runs, it's going to be great. Uh, but not that you guys care. It, it screwed us with the interview is basically what I'm saying. So I, I apologize to them. It's my fault. Just technical problems. But that $2,500 computer, I thought was going to end up on the other side of the room. Or the road. <laughs> One out of the window. Somewhere other than where it is right now. Along with everything else that was in the room. Yeah. Yeah. It was so not, not so we, we tried, but it failed. And... It's my fault, and I take full responsibility for it. And as Brandon will tell you, we tried to record this on Saturday, which is two days from when this was uh, this is coming out. And for the last two days, I've done nothing but call myself a loser and an asshole because we couldn't get it done. So it's my fault. There you go. Uh, I'm a loser and an asshole. And we're, we're going to reschedule. We're going to talk to him next week. It was technical difficulties. It was not your fault. We know it's not your fault. And like she said, when I, I was texting her or whatever, she's like, shit happens who cares not the point not on my watch see you're still there not on my watch oh i'm totally oh dude i'm totally still there i know you are that that shit's haunted me since saturday afternoon but we're gonna have them on next week and uh i'm I'm actually looking really forward to uh talking to them because just in the in the brief conversation we had saturday they're they're really awesome people yeah they really are really awesome people so uh we'll have them on saturday but uh, on Saturday, we're going to record with them Friday or Saturday. We're going to have them on the show uh, next Monday. So make sure to stick around for that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, as I'm hating on myself, that's a perfect segue into what we're going to talk about today. And that's just all the hate in the world. Yep. Whether it's directed at yourself, <clears throat> me, or, um, you know, everything else going on in, the, in this hellhole of a world we're living in right now. And it's just everywhere. Yeah. You know, there, there's, I'm a big believer that the world is a gray area. You know, there's a lot of black and a lot of white, but the majority of the world is that gray area. Yeah. And it seems like people have lost their damn minds. Yeah. For everything these days. Especially when you're talking to someone that's like so black and white. Right. And and, and it's great to to be analytical and see things black and white, mm -hmm. but you've got to remember there's also a gray area there. Yeah. And, And when you don't see the gray area, you know, you lose track of a lot of things and a lot of people. And, you know, I, I come from a talk radio background and, and we have a, we, we live by the credo. If half the audience loves you and half the audience hates you, you're doing your job because you don't want people to always agree with you. That makes sense. Right. But at the same time, there's a gray area in there. I guess if you're not pissing off people at the same time, you're not doing your job. Well, for radio. Right. Well, it's not even, it's not even a case of pissing people off. It's more a case of, well, if you're listening to the radio and you go, hey, let's go to Bob in Paducah. Bob, what do you think? Well, Jerry, I agree with you. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. Let's go to Doug. I agree with you, too, too. You know, it, it, it's monotonous. There's no there's no context. There's no, well, and there's no conversation. There's right. no dialogue. Nobody grows from the situation. Nobody grows from the conversation. Nobody learns anything. And, you know, uh, that's kind of the background I come from where I want people to disagree with me. Mm-hmm. That said, 
it's taken on a whole new level. And we're not going to talk politics at all because that's not what we do. But even those network television shows, you know, whatever side they are, they always have one that doesn't agree with them to create that conversation. Right. And to, to, cause look, I'd love a good debate. Don't get me wrong. I will. I, I love debating. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, when I watch those shows and stuff like that, like I get into the debate, you know, uh, but that's what makes it interesting. That's what gives the show what the show is. Right. If you, if all those dudes are just sitting there going, yep, 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 yep. Like you just said, it's not fun. No, it's boring as hell. Yep. And you know, nobody, like I said, nobody learns anything. Right. And, you know, I, again, I'm stressing this. We're not talking politics. Nope. But I'm going to, for the sake of this argument, I'm going to use that example. Right. You know, whether you're, you know, pro Donald Trump or, or against Donald Trump, whatever. There, there's no gray area there. If you defend something Donald Trump does, you're automatically a pro Trump guy and people hate you. Right. Or if you hate something Donald Trump does, people are going to think that you're a Donald Trump hater and, you know, you're not worth anything and you're useless and blah, 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 blah. And you're the antichrist and go to hell. Yeah. There's literally no happy medium. I'm one of those right people. Now. Right. And, and I'm one of those people that I am so down the middle politically, uh-huh. you know, I, and it aggravates the hell out of me because, you know, I, I know the president's done some crappy stuff as a human being. I'm probably not a big fan of him, but I'm also, I can see that he does good stuff too. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, but the thing is, but if, if if you point out the good stuff, you're automatically a Trump lover. Oh yeah, all all day. Yeah. Same for the other side too, though. Right, but, and, and like I said, we're not talking politics. I'm just using this as an example. No, but what it is is everybody is emotionally tied into this right it's now. It's emotionally and, charged, exactly, absolutely. And you know, if, if you want to be in, you know emotionally charged about something, that's awesome. But there's a lot of gray area in this world, and it seems like with everything, whether we're talking you know, politics or, you know, life or, or parenting or, oh, well, it's this way or no way. I was like, no. Right. It's become like when it gets to a point where people are making up shit to prove their point or get their agenda pushed in one way or the other. I mean, come on. That's just, that's not, that's where I'm like black and white. I can't, I can't do that. Right. I can't you know, fabricated situation situation or sentence or, uh, with motive. You know what I mean? I have all, I take motive out of that. I take emotion out of it and I'm just to do the right thing. Follow the rule. What's the protocol? What's the next step that should be done? Not what I, not what I think or what I think the people around me want me to do. I'm going to do what's right kind of thing. And they're just that shit. I haven't in this world right now. <laughs> that's not happening at all. Right. People just pushing agendas and they're hurting people along the way. Well, and, and they're pushing what's best for them, not the greater good. Right. You know, and, and maybe it's selfish. A, really, I was going to say, maybe it's a case of being selfish. Maybe it's a case of being closed minded. You know, maybe it's a case of, you know, it could be a million things, but it, you know, it just seems like there's no unity and there's no cohesiveness no. and the art of debate is gone. And you can, the art of compromise is gone. There you go. You know, there, there's no comprom- you know, compromising anywhere. No. Yeah. Everybody wants it their way or no way. And, yeah. you know, as a society, in my opinion, it's, it's making us take about 15 steps back. Yeah. And it's not just in politics, man. No, no, that, no. That's it, why I wanted to make it's sure. It's in people's homes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like you do this this way or like we're going to have issues. Thank God that I don't have 
anything like that in any kind of problems in my house. But yeah, uh, luckily, neither do I. But, you know, you can try to find a million reasons for it. Yeah. But the problem is it's going to take more than one person to fix it. That's just it. You know, so it, it, I guess what we're going to talk about today, as we just made this really big roundabout <laughs> voyage to get there, is how do you handle those situations? You're asking me? Shit. Um, I, I, don't, I don't handle people that are like that very well. Like people that have hate in their heart and just are out to get you or just out to see you fail or something like that. I just, man, it's hard to do the best that you possibly can by anybody in any given situation just to hear or see them, you know, throw you under the bus, treat you like shit, just absolutely out to destroy you for whatever reason. Is it jealousy? Is it, I don't, I just don't understand. I wish someone that's like that could open up and be like, oh, I'm doing it this way, my own self-gain or, uh, I really just don't give a shit about you. Um, wh- why do you act like you do then? You know, it's like, what's, what do you, what are you getting at? Is that, is that a dysfunction in someone's brain? I don't know. It's narcissism. Well, that's true. In a lot of cases, that's, that's flat out what it is. Yeah, you're right. Cause I, I know speaking from experience, I, you know, I've was in a position like that professionally where, yeah. you know, <laughs> anything that went right was, was everybody, somebody else's, you know, credit. But everything that went wrong fell on me. And it's like, well, oh, yeah. Why is this person getting credit for my ideas that worked and stuff that I had no involvement in whatsoever? And, and it's the whole shit, you know, streams downhill thing. I get it. You know, yeah. that's no matter what you do in life, you're going to deal with that right. at least a little bit. But we're talking like to the extreme. Yeah. And I mean, I can, I can relate to that as well because, uh, when I was on tour, that evil, evil fucking manager that I had, it will never be named. Um, but, uh, you know, he, what he was King narcissist. He is King narcissist. And, you know, I've told the story way in the beginning of, of our first podcast that there'd be nights that I'd be laying in my bunk and I would write down everything that happened and how he made me feel and tape it to the top of my bunk so I could wake up and read it so I could be in that, that moment again, just, uh, like a little bitch grab it, crumple it up to pieces and rip it up and go to the girls' bathroom because that's what we had to do at the venues because they were cleaner. <laughs> Sorry if you don't know what that means, but it is important. Are you saying guys are pigs? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, at, these, at these rock venues, <laughs> you don't go to the guys' bathroom. You have to. Um, uh, and touring with ladies or women made that kind of difficult too. Uh, that, well, I'll share those stories later. Um, but yeah, I would throw it away, dispose of it, so he never saw that. But that's the shit I'd have to deal with. I can't tell you how many times I quit on tour. Like, I would get into fucking brawls with this guy. I remember we were in, like, we were in Denmark, okay? And every time we went to Denmark, we, we played the same venue over and over. Something rock, barn, or I don't know, something. But um, uh, we would always get Indian food there. So, like, when you're, when, when you're, when you're touring and stuff like that, they either give you, uh, you know, food they provide you dinner or whatever the hell it is like they'll give you a menu like if they have a restaurant or you know just something like that or you get a per diem so like say you know we get there and they're gonna say just depending on how much money they have to provide for the crew and the band and stuff get it like a 10 to 15 dollar per diem to go eat um and this particular venue would always want to provide food and we would always turn it down because when this indian food down the street damn it's good indian <laughs> food. i mean 
really, really good, uh, really, really good interview. Anyway, long story short, we eat before the show. A lot of people, you know, you know, you got to write your name on every fucking thing possible. I put away uh, a whole meal on top of the fridge for um, for our driver. Because in Europe, um, you got to feed the guys. In the States, you don't have to. It's just kind of different over there. But uh, someone ate his fucking food, right? So I didn't know about it. I think I know who did eat it, which I will not say. Um, but when the bus driver asked me for his dinner, I would go look for it, and it wasn't there. And I'm like, look, look, dude, he was a sweet guy, sweet old guy. I loved him. We all loved him. I'm like, I'll get you something else. I'm really sorry. It looks like someone took off of your food. Big blowout with the manager. He said it was my fault. I think he even said I ate the food. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, because we were getting after show food anyways, which was part of like the deal. And it was going to be like pizzas or some shit like that. But I mean, so it was, the, it was so heated. I was like, you know what, dude, you can go fuck yourself. I don't need this shit. Over something as minute as dinner. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But that that would that's the narcissist, man. Right. That's the that's the fucking assholes of the world that want to make you feel like shit, put on a show and be dominant. And I and I'm not dominant. I'm just not. Right. And and I was like, fuck you. All right. Just fuck fuck bye. I'm out. I'm out. And I I said, I quit this motherfucker. Bye. And I walked out of the venue and started walking down the streets of Denmark, not knowing where to fucking go. But all, all I was going to do is try to, I mean, there were, there's no Ubers at this point. This is like 2007 or eight, you know, um, fuck, we had MySpace. That was it. So it's not. Why didn't you, you call Tom? <laughs> I, who's Tom? Tom from MySpace. Oh, fuck it. He's Tom. everybody's number one friend. God damn, Tom. God. I wonder how that guy's doing. Um, but yeah. And eventually they, pulled the bus up to me. Right. <laughs> and I'm still walking. I mean, I'm like, fuck this shit. <laughs> and they finally stop and stop me and he gets out and we sort of hash it out. And he's like, get back on the bus. And I was like, not till you fucking say sorry, dude, you're a fucking asshole. Like, and I want everybody to see you say sorry to me. And he ended up saying sorry, but that was short lived. We probably fought the next day. Right. But I just went to bed. So it's like people like that, man, I just don't deal with. Like, it's like, like people that like to use negative reinforcement and beat you down and not coach you up. Right. It doesn't work for me. I just kind of like curl up in a fetus and I'm like, this sucks. Like, get me yeah. the fuck out of here. I grew up like that. Don't, don't do that to me. I, I like to coach people up and, 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 and be in a situation where positive reinforcement is where it works. You know what I mean? I think it's more productive. It creates a better environment for everybody. Whether, you know, you could be at home here in the studio with you. We could have another you know, guest on or, or maybe another co-host one day. Maybe that person's a dick to me or, you know what I mean? It, it can exist anywhere and everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I avoid it like the fucking play. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, it's tough because I, I'm, you and I are so much like it's scary because I, mm-hmm. I don't deal well with people like that at all. And, and my biggest pet peeve in this world, I, I've got two, narcissism and self-entitlement. Oh, God. Those are my two. Entitlement is a son of a bitch. But they, they go together. Yeah, they do. You know, and it's like, I will bend over backwards for somebody until you just come to expect it. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, why am I doing this? Right. And, you know, I look back on, on my radio career and, and things like that. And, you know, I have, I've mentioned before that I had a boss that was just hell on wheels. And, uh, you know, looking back, I should have left that situation I should have gotten out of it myself, but my sense of obligation to my staff, yeah. I, I had, I went down with the ship. 
Yep. And, you know, just from a, a mental health state of mind, and, and I've talked about this before, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, you know, it led me to the point to where I was about to break. Mm-hmm. That should have been my sign to get out of that toxic situation. Right. But I, and this is going to make me sound like a martyr and I don't, I, it, I totally don't mean it that way, but my obligation to my staff and my crew who were good people, I wasn't going to hang them out to dry. So I stayed in a situation longer than I should have, you know, to, to kind of protect them. Yeah, to fall on the sword. But but it wasn't really. But again, that makes me sound like a martyr, and I don't mean it that way. It's it was. I, I was trying to protect my people. Yeah, but I don't think that. I don't think that's really a martyr because I've said the same thing to my wife in situation. Be like, you know what? The shit that's going on right now is not cool. It's not right. If I have to be the one that falls on that sword, so that those people don't have to go, like go through bullshit. I mean, I, I told her I would do it. She would say, "Don't do it." But you know, you know, fortunately, I never really had to do that. Other than, you know, I, I'm in a current situation right now with uh, maybe that said manager from tour, you know, uh, but uh, he, 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 uh, I guess I can't really talk about it. We'll talk about it down the road. Yeah. We'll talk about it down the road. It's nothing to get into today, but yeah. you know, we, we all know these people, you know, and you know, whether it's, you know, growing up with one as a parent, which I did, I know you did as well. Mm-hmm. You know, or, and, and truthfully, that's probably why it bothers us both so much now as adults is because we've already done our time with that kind of shit. We don't right. need it now. No, hell no. You God. know, the, the ego, there's nothing in the world worse than an overinflated ego. Yeah. And just ridding yourself of all this kind of negativity in the life and in your life and stuff like that. Like I'm a firm believer in boundaries and I've had to create boundaries on, on, family and friends and all kinds of stuff like that to the point to where I'm like, I don't need you in my life anymore. I have to cut that part out. Right. So my head can be good and my family can be good. And I was ridiculed for that. Well, I was, and I was about to say, you know, there's no doubt when you finally start taking care of yourself, you're going to piss other people off because you're not doing for them anymore. Correct. And then you're the bad guy. And a lot of the times the people that come after you aren't even like, really in your life that much. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what the fuck do you benefit from me stating the fact that I don't want negativity in my life? Therefore I had to cut people out or cut situations out, you mm-hmm. know, like where, where do we stand that you get to say I'm, I'm an asshole for doing that. You know, mm-hmm. like, come on, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, no, absolutely. You know, and you know, speaking from experience, I lost a friend of 30 years mm-hmm. because it was like, I was always the big brother and I'm I'm fine with that. That's cool. You know, but when it comes time to pay the piper back and do something right and step up and take responsibility for yourself, you got to do it. This friend air quotes friend Mm -hmm. didn't do that. Instead, he tried to put me on a guilt trip and make me the bad guy. Right. And it's like, no, dude, you're the one that messed up. Not me. You're the one that messed up. You're the one that pissed it away. Right. So don't come crying to me because I'm not here to do for you anymore because you're used to it and you take it for granted that when I need something back or I need, you know, something from you, you're not there. Right. And that's ego. It is ego. That's arrogance. That's narcissism. That's everything we've been talking about. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I I totally get it. You know, I'll be the first to line up and go to war with you. Right. But you need to be able to go to war with me. 
Exactly. And when that doesn't happen, that those people hang you out to dry. And I'm a firm believer there, there are two types of people in this world. Ones that give you energy and ones that suck it from you. <laughs> suck it right out. And when I say suck it, take it as you wish. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, genuinely, that's how I look at it. So we can now segue into how this makes us feel. So after these bullshit things happen, look, look at the beginning of the show. When we had like you were beating yourself over the weekend. I still am. I know you are. And how many don't, times? Don't, don't limit it to the weekend. How many times do you think you said sorry to me or how bad you felt? 12,715 times. Yeah, maybe 16. 16. <laughs> so, so it's like. Um, 18. You burden, you feel like a burden when it comes to that situation, right? Like, oh, I mean, no doubt. It eats you alive if something like that. Oh, totally. Because you think people are dependent on you and they're, they're you know, you're not going to fuck this up. And then something happened. It's like, oh. No, oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Well, that guy's stupid, right? Well, I am, but it's okay. <laughs> you're not stupid. Yeah, it's debatable. But I'm just trying to, I'm trying to speak for what's <laughs> in your head. Because like for the same for me, um, if in the same type of situation, well, if I let someone down, you know, like, or not pull through for them in a, in a certain situation from the littlest, littlest, littlest things to the biggest things, my dude, I'm wrecked. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm wrecked. I'm a mess. I've said before, my biggest fear in life is letting people down. Yeah. I don't, I, I've said that a million times on this podcast. And, and I don't want that to be confused with, uh, uh, someone thinking that I want a pat on the back or, Oh yeah, no, you know, no, 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 not at all. Like, like I'm seeking approval of some sort. Like, no, I just, if I commit to something, I'm going to get there, do it, do it the best way I can and move on. Right. And that way I know that people can, you know, rely on me with confidence and shit like that. It goes to work ethic too. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, I'm one of those people. I just want to see everybody succeed. Oh, me too. Yeah. Without a doubt. You know, and, and I guess this falls back on the conversation we just had of me, you know, for lack of a better term, as you put it, falling on the sword. Mm-hmm. I want to try to put people in the best position to succeed. Right. I wasn't able to do that because of my situation, but I did my best. Right. And, you know, the fact that things didn't go as planned, whether they were my fault or not, I, you know, I've, I, I owned it and mm-hmm. I've lived with it and it, it, haunts me yeah but that's just how i'm wired it's not a case of of expecting something because i don't expect anything from anybody i never have i never will um i just want to see people succeed yeah i mean i'm like i mean recently i I was in a situation uh like not even like a few days ago or something like that where i i was like trying to give everything i possibly could and actually do something uh really important for someone and you know it kind of got um like i felt slapped in the face it wasn't appreciated i I thought i was going above and beyond um to um to express this person's worth you know what i mean to Mm -hmm. me and how much i was appreciative and i don't know i i'm still confused to this day as to whether it didn't matter what i said or did i think it was going to blow up in my face anyway that's what i'm thinking right now um, but it's just like, I just don't understand those things when people, when it gets to, when it gets to stuff like that, I don't, I don't know if like people can't handle certain, um, you know, things that are at high levels or not. Um, or if fuck, I just don't understand you and I don't think like that, right? If we're not hardwired to think like that, 
And that's why we struggle with it is because we don't know how to look at it from that, that, that angle. We don't know how to look at it from that, that circumstance or that situation, because you and I are so much alike. We both come at it from the other angle of, well, if this succeeds, I'll succeed. It'll be fine. Right. I mean, if you win, I win, we all win. We're good. Right. Right. And I, I mean, I, like just pretty much every night, I want to say, like, I'll, I'll lean over to my wife or we're in the kitchen or something. I'm like, you know, I'm still fucking baffled by that. And she's like, stop. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know, I know. But how did that? How, what, I just don't know what happened. Are like, you spying on in my house? Because we do. I do the same thing. You do the same shit. Oh. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll say something. My wife will just look at me and go, stop. really? Yeah. Really? She's like, let, just let it go. And I'm like, I just can't because I don't know what went wrong. Right. You know, it's like, it's like, something wrong was it me what could i have done better to make this work right oh yeah it sucks man it's just that toxic vicious cycle that i can't shake man i just can't shake it well right okay so that goes back to the question i asked how do you handle it like i don't handle it i don't i don't know how to because i mean it's my it's my head right you know i can't tell my head to stop doing what it's doing we were talking before we started recording about the vicious cycle. Uh-huh. You wake up in the morning, shit goes down. Yep. It runs circles in your head until you go to bed. Then you lay down, you put your head on the pillow, and it runs marathons in your head. Yep. You can't sleep. I dream about this shit, too. You, you, <laughs> dude, I, I, used to, I used to maintain, I don't know if people know this or not, but a lot of radio stations are run on what they call automation systems. Mm-hmm. So they don't necessarily have people in the studio. One of my responsibilities was to the, the maintenance of, of one of the radio stations that I worked for, you know, their, their automation system. I was so OCD about this shit. I would sleep with the radio on. Well, and yeah. if, if, if that thing hiccuped, it would wake me up. Oh, I, if I woke up, I'd drive to the studio. I can't tell you how many nights at three o'clock in the morning I was in my car driving to the office just to go back home, get 90 minutes more sleep. And then, Come back. Yeah, no, I'd literally, I've, I've witnessed that at uh, other stations that I worked at outside of when you and I worked together mm-hmm. because I did a lot of uh, club events when mm-hmm. I was in promotion. Oh, so you were there in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so uh, we, you know, we'd be listening to the station. And if it all of a sudden we got dead air, it's like, uh, or my buddy would get a text because it was on him. Right. <clears throat> yep. So I've seen it. I've seen it go down. I've seen the, the panic, the worry, the all, all that shit. So, right. But it's not healthy. You know, it's not healthy at all. And, you know, it's great to have that responsibility, but at what time and what point, and as Brandon said, I'm still trying to figure it out myself. Where do you draw that line? What's that boundary? You know, just recently, just within the last year or so, I've started setting my iPhone to do not disturb. I have it programmed at 1030 every night. My phone goes on do not disturb and does not come off until eight in the morning. No way I could do that. <laughs> I thought that too, but for my own sanity, right. I had to, right. You know, I, I, back in the day I would have, I would have people calling me all hours of the night for work to the point. My wife threatened me and said, this shit's got to stop. Yeah. Yep. You know, now, now not only is it affecting you and it's not healthy for you, but now it's waking me up too. I didn't sign up for that. And she was right. She was 10,000% right. Mm-hmm. But she was right on both aspects because I, you know, they could have waited. It was stupid stuff. Right. Why are you calling me at two in the morning over this? Right. 
Yeah. Well, I didn't know what to do. Well, you've worked here for five years. You don't know what to do? <laughs> really? God, the similar situations we've gone through. It's so oh, funny. dude, you know, if people only knew. I know, man. Uh, we're just figuring that out, too. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's one of those things, you know, what's the boundary? How do you handle it? And, you know, I, openly, I, I don't handle it well. Everybody knows me, and you, and you witnessed it firsthand Saturday. Nobody has to tell me that I messed up. I already know. And if I know, there's nothing you're going to say that's worse than what's going on in my head right. when it's going down. I call it Fight Club. Yeah, that's, that's actually a pretty good analogy. And, you know, I'm trying. You know, I've started, <laughs> I've started journaling. <laughs> I've started journaling. Right all the time. And, you know, I, back in the day, you know, with my music, you know, I had my songwriting and I, I, I had that. But now it's like, okay, I, I need something. So I just, you know, when I'm having an off day or something, I just start writing. Yeah. I talk about what's going on, you know, what happened in my day, how it made me feel, why things happened the way they did. And I try to take, take a step back and look at it objectively and say, okay, realistically, is there anything I could have done to make this situation better? Right. And sometimes I look at it and go, yeah, probably going to done that a little better. Always. I mean, you're going to be your worst critic, but that's what, that's what, makes me write and do what I do because if I, if something happens to me, like in a situation and, and it triggers me emotionally, that will trigger me to write something uh, about it. Like, I guess basically right. that'll, be the, that'll be the emotionally driven reason for me writing something. Well, and, good. and, you know, with me and, and, and starting to journal and write a little bit, I'm also able to look at it and go, okay, could I have done something different? And you look at it, you look at it, you look at it and go, nope. Nope. Couldn't have done anything different. Got to let it go. Yeah. Got to let it go. Because again, I, you know, and I'm, I'm the king of this and openly I'm telling you all this. I, I internalize everything. Yeah, me too. And it's the worst thing in the world for you. I mean, I literally, my doctor, I had a doctor's appointment a week and a half ago. She goes, you need to learn to relax. <laughs> she goes, stress is literally killing you. You know, I, I mentioned on, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago that I, I deal with some autoimmune stuff. Well, a lot of the autoimmune stuff that I'm dealing with, the biggest trigger for it is stress. Stress. Stress, stress is awful. So, we, you know, if we talk about a vicious cycle, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm here. Hi. We're all in it together. Yeah. So, you know, I guess, you know, we want to pose the question to you. You know, use the hashtag get it out on Twitter, on, on social media. How do you guys handle this stuff? How do you guys handle, you know, the stress of everyday life? How do you guys handle that arrogant, narcissistic prick that's constantly on your ass? How do you guys handle it? And how do you cope? And, and we want healthy suggestions. We don't want, I hit the bottle every night. That's, that's not what we're talking about. I would, I'd love to hear the other side, too. The assholes that do it. I don't even think they realize they do it. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I genuinely don't think they realize they do it. And if you are one of those assholes that realizes it, own the fact that you're an asshole and tell us why you do it. You know, but, but genuinely, we want to hear from you. We want to get y'all's feedback. You know, what works for you guys? You know, the whole thing of this podcast, you know, we've said since day one, we want to help other people. The whole reason we're doing this is if we only help one person, then this podcast is worth it. Yep. And I think we've seen just from the little bit we've done we've gotten positive reaction let's try to get everybody to help each other now yeah hashtag get it out let's talk about it 
and you know let's try to make this as interactive as, as we can uh again that's going to be our show for this week just kind of wanted to get some of this stuff off of our chest i know it's been weighing on brandon a little bit and you know i've been it's stuff i've been working on myself personally so you know sometimes it's good just to have an outlet and talk about it and like i said hashtag get it out See what I did there? Bring it all right back. Oh, see? Looky there. See? It's almost like I've done this before. All right. Next week, we're going to have the Coburns on. I promise if I have to drive to Iowa where they're at to record. No, they were flying to Iowa. They were flying to Iowa, which is why we couldn't do it today. If I have to drive to Iowa, Flintstone style, feet (laughs) running. This show will get done, and you guys will hear it on Monday because I'm really looking forward to it. So until next week, he's Brandon Thompson. I'm Jerry P. Tuck. Don't forget to hashtag get it out. This is a crush performance with Jeff Crescell Quick Fix on Radio Influence. The sign stealing incident with the with the Astros, uh, I'm a little bit angry because it disappoints me. Can I get back to looking at Altuve the same as I always have, and all of those guys? So here I want to throw this by you. Bellinger comes out with a very strong statement. Of course, incredible player for the Dodgers. Here's the quote that he came out with on the Astros apology and the whole situation. I thought the apologies were whatever. I thought Jim Keynes, uh, the Astros owner, was weak. I thought Manfred's punishment was weak, giving them immunity. These guys were cheating for three years. I think what people don't realize is Jose Altuve stole an MVP from Aaron Judge in 2017. Everyone knows they stole a ring from us. Boom. That's coming now from players. This isn't media. This isn't administrative. This is coming from other players in the league. That is some of the most powerful stuff I've seen so far in this incident. I find it refreshing. And I like how the nail's being hit on the head by an all-star in Bellinger. And, and they're not holding back. There's, it, it, it got past the threshold crush where we know in, in all pro sports, the players don't want to cross the line at all. But this has blown things so far out of the water in baseball. And I think it sends a warning sign and signal to all other pro sports. If anything fishy's going on, like be on high alert. And, and, and baseball's one of the most interesting games and in sports out there because of the rhythm of play. And, and it's just so different. It's all off on its own. You know what I mean? And the pace of it and all of that. But to me, it's refreshing to see what the players are saying and calling out the commissioner of the league, calling out the opposition. To me, the Astros are cheaters. Bottom line. And when they start floating the idea of stripping them of that World Series title, I'm like, you know what? This might be severe enough that that's okay. Crush Performance with Jeff Crushell can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.